Uh, I asked Pastor Bill if he would uh, join me this morning as we get started. Um, some of you know this. Pastor Bill is a chaplain for our, our police. And so he um, had an interesting experience uh, being really on, with the frontline workers yesterday. Um, while we were working to get our, our church cared for, we were in conversation with that and, and wanting to, to, to make sure that our people were okay. Uh, meanwhile, um, Pastor Bill was going to bring uh, bad news of a, of a loss of, of children to a, to a family. And so Bill, with, with all that was, that was going on yesterday, I mean, what was, your, what was the experience? I mean, what, as you were going through all this, I mean, what, what, was, the, what was the experience and how was it hitting you? The good news, Chase, is I think I'm cried out. I don't, think, right, I any, I don't think I have any tears left for the 11 o'clock service, so that may be good for all of us. Uh, I, I, I'm processing a lot still. We've talked about that, you and I. And uh, I, I just categorize it right now in three different areas, physical, emotional, and the spiritual aspect of it. And, and, and the physical part was the, the visual uh, devastation of what happened to our city, a city that I love, absolutely love. And and just the horrific uh, destruction. And then there's the emotional part of, of watching frontline workers, the police, the, the fire department, the, the utility workers, the, just everyone. Uh, the emotional toll it took on them because, they, again, it's not a job. It's a call, just like we have a call. And to, to see them that were coming off shifts and not wanting to go home, or working double shifts and, and because they, they wanted to be there and they, they wanted to take care of their city and the people that they love. And then I had the privilege of being with the, the mayor and the police chief and the city manager, two of whom are members of Living Hope. And these are men that grew up in Bowling Green all their life and they, they love this city. They, they know this city. And just to see the emotion that was within them uh, as, they, as they looked at the, the people that they love, the people that they're called to, to serve, and the, the hurt that was there and, and to see that, but also the blessing of that as, as not because they had a, a voluntary police chaplain in the car, but because these are who they are as men after God's own heart to, to hear them talk about how bad this was. And even as how bad it was, how God was going to do something and, and how Jesus was going to move and how he was going to be glorified in it. And so that was a blessing. Then, then the spiritual part, uh, I may not get through this out tears, Jason. I'm sorry. Uh, the spiritual part is that as a minister of living hope and just as a believer in Jesus Christ, we know that there are lost people in our city. We know that. We have lost neighbors. We have lost family members. We, we just know there are people that are lost. I know that. We live with that. And we try to minister intently and, and intentionally with that. But uh, there was a man who I haven't been able to follow up yet that was in surgery yesterday, that if he survived surgery, his brother was gonna tell him that his three young children and his wife did not survive. He's of different faith than us that doesn't include Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And so that we understand that apart from Christ, there's no heaven, there's only hell. It's a reality of that. And to know that there's no faith family like living hope. There's, there's no basis. There's no supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in his life to, to give that comfort that passes understanding, to know that he's, he's left to a false God and a false hope. And, and, and there, most of the fatalities were in the area where the people that live in that area 
or of different faith background that doesn't include Jesus Christ. And that was overwhelming. That, that was, I'm still processing that. Yeah, because I know when you, you see a person and you, you, you see people, the deceased, that's what you see. You, you see not a body, you think immediately of, of, of a soul. And so as you're, you're processing this, you know, what, what's, I know it's hard to, to bring it down to this, but what's, what's the takeaway? What's the one thing that you think, I'm going to always remember this, or the thing that's really pressing on your mind right now? There's no one thing, Jason, but there's a couple. And uh, in, in the midst of all the hurt and, and despair, there's always the blessing of God. There's always the hope that we have in Christ and who we are. You and I have had the privilege of living in different cities and serving different churches over the course of our ministry. And, and I've loved every church and every city I've lived with. I've loved the people in the churches I've been called to serve in. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But a, but a huge takeaway uh, that I knew in my head, but I was confirmed in my heart, is, is how much I love this city. I mean, absolutely how much I love the people of this city. Uh, and I love Bowling Green. Uh, that was confirmed over and over yesterday. About, it was personal to me yesterday. Uh, you know, I was in Murfreesboro at First Baptist when the tornadoes came through there. We worked that. I was in, working at Lifeway when the tornadoes hit and worked in East Nashville and did recovery. But this, this was the most personal I felt because I, I love this city. The other part is that I love this, I love this church. Uh, you've got imperfect men leading it and we're imperfect people, but I love this church because I, I got to see our ministers. I got to see our deacons. I got to see our small group leaders. I got to see this church body minister to one another and minister to this community in the name of Christ. And, and I, I just, I knew I love this body, but I love it even more. And, and I, I just, I feel blessed and privileged to be part of Bowling Green, even more so to be a, at Living Hope. This is I, I my feel, church family. I feel the same way. And I can't help but know, and we've talked about this, that, you know, we have, a, this is a special moment. This is, this is an important time. So, you know, what would you tell us as a church that we need to, wh- what do we need to do? What, what, would you, what do you say to us? Yeah, there, there's, you know, there's groups that have gone out already this morning to, to, to look at needs and that sort of thing. But Guys, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to be trite. Typically, when we don't have answers, we go, well, let's just pray about it and see what happens. I'm going to ask you to pray differently than that. I'm, I'm going to ask you to pray for how God wants you to become involved in whatever opportunities you and I will have in the next days and weeks and, and possibly even longer than that, to be intentional about bringing Christ to people who don't know Jesus Christ whatever you find yourself doing, if it's taking a meal, if it's cleaning up, if it's just going in and loving on people or taking care of first responders, I'm going to ask you to pray about, God, how do you want me to be intentional about sharing the hope that I have with Jesus Christ? Guys, there were, there were people who went to bed on Friday night without any hope. And unfortunately, they woke up in hell. That's a reality. That's a harsh reality. And, and so... I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you to pray about how God would use you to be intentional. There's, there's a lot of good people, good moral people in Bowling Green. They're going to do a lot of good works. Jason, I've got to think about it between services. There can be some bad people who are going to do some good things in the next couple of weeks because they just, there's an inent goodness in all people, I think. Right. That image is God. 
I'm going to ask you not to be a good moral person. I'm going to ask you to minister in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That no matter what God calls you to do in that answered prayer, what he leads you to do in that time, that you let people know that you're doing this because the love you have for them, because the love Jesus Christ has for you, and the hope that you have because of him. Don't do good works. Do good ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a good word. I've got one other thing, Jason. Well, I've, got, I've got to say. Oh, yeah. I know what I you're going to say. I've got to yeah, say it. Go ahead and say it. I know what you're going to say. Go so I think that I... I thought that I did a really good job of being intentional about ministry and about witnessing and talking to people. I, I, I really try to be intentional about what I do in my life to share my faith. And, and I was convicted over the, the last hours, last day or so, that I, I, can, I can do more, not as a minister for Living Hope Baptist Church, but as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging with you, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning, or you're not sure, please don't leave this building without, without talking to, to one of the ministers or the people around you about, I just, I'm not sure, I don't know. Please don't walk out this door without knowing that for sure. There, there are people that, that aren't going to ever experience the, the eternity with God because of their lack of faith. And I don't want anyone in this congregation, because you're my family and I love you, to walk out this building today without knowing who Jesus Christ is. I'm going to give you a more challenge, and I, I hope you'll take this seriously. We're, we're in the winter months now, so the days are short. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to pray about that before the sun goes down today, that if you know a family member or a friend or someone you've been praying for, or someone that you know does not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you'll be intentional about contacting them today. You'll be intentional about saying, look, I, I, I want to just share something with you from my heart. I've been concerned. Whatever you need, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you, but I'm going to ask you to contact them today before the sun goes down and ask them to reconsider Jesus Christ as their personal Savior or maybe consider for the first time. Jason, I think in the, in the, in the next days and weeks, we're going to see some phenomenal things happen. Already in this church body, some phenomenal things have happened. That's right. And so I'm just, I'm thankful for you and your leadership. I'm thankful for the people. I love my church family. I'm thankful for you. God bless you. Thank you for all you do. Amen. Well, wait a minute. Pray for us. Ask God's blessing on us. I'll do that. Father, we are thankful that we can come here today as, as people with hope. Mm. Father, that we do have a hope because of our faith in Jesus Christ and the promise of your word and the promise of scripture, the promise of what we know the Holy Spirit leads us to. But Father, there are people in our community today, as we sung just a few moments ago, and it is not well with their soul. It's not well because their soul is apart from you because of their inability to understand who Jesus Christ is and, and be committed to him. So, Father, my prayer for this community, my prayer for this church is that there is revival that starts out of the ashes of what's left, out of the debris, uh, physical debris in, in people's lives, Father. Revival starts. Revival starts in the hearts of the people, and we see your name lifted high, glorified. I pray for each of my brothers and sisters in this congregation today. Father, you created us with a purpose to proclaim your name to hopeless people, to helpless people, to people who are perishing. Help us to take that seriously with intentionality. In this holiday season where we have the hope of your son, Jesus Christ, help us spread that hope to others who don't have it today, don't have it and need it, Father. Make it a burning passion, 
of intentionality in our life to share. For us, it's in your son's strong name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Bill. God bless you. Thank you. We have a great opportunity to, to, to serve our city. We have a, a great opportunity to be a, a beacon of, of hope. And I don't know about you, but, you know, we're going into now the, within 36 hours of this. And, and sometimes it's, it's a little overwhelming. We don't know quite what to think. I know that I, I find my mind racing I find myself waking up as I did this morning at three o'clock, remembering, oh, I was supposed to text these people. And so I spent, you know, an hour and a half trying to get messages uh, to, to folks that I know are asleep that are going to get these messages if I wake up that, that we're going to need to talk about some of these details. And it's just, it can be overwhelming. And uh, in the midst of this, I, I thought about something that's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's silly, but it's very serious. It, it, it's silly because of where it comes from. When I was growing up, I didn't watch Mr. Rogers. I was way too cool for Mr. Rogers, right? But a couple of years ago, I watched a movie about his life. And he said something that his mom taught him that I think has been very helpful for me anyway, uh, during the, the last 36 hours. And here's what he said. He said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And that's been very helpful to me as, as we've been thinking about the devastation. Rather than looking at the devastation, I've been looking at the people who are going toward the devastation, who are going in to say, okay, let's help. Let, let's, let's do something uh, about this. Yesterday morning, uh, the, we, I, my mind immediately went to our church family. And so it began to instruct our staff to make sure that, that all of our folks were being cared for and we were able to identify those who had need and that we would immediately begin uh, meeting those needs uh, through uh, the ministry of, of, the, of the church. And, and, and that, that began to happen. It was amazing to me. One of, one of the things that I heard about that just touched my heart is there, there were people who lost their homes that they don't have a, a roof. And so people in their small group said, that's okay. You come stay with us. We'll make room. And so we have people that are opening their homes and saying, come, you, you come and, and be with us and, and be a part of, of our, our place until, until God, till God provides. And then, you know, people showing up with chainsaws and, and, and clearing out trees and, and, and driveways and, and just being there and being a support and, and being a strength. And then just, you know, cleaning up debris. I mean, there's just, people that are helping. There's people that are stepping in. And you think about the people who've been working on our electricity and our communications and all the other aspects of the, of things that we need and kind of count on. I didn't even think about the fact that there were probably, there were gas leaks, natural gas that was going everywhere. And so these folks had to go in some, some dangerous spots. And then, you know, you, you think about the, of course, police and fire and emergency services. And one of the things that Pastor Bill told me, one of the things that, that, is stuck with, that is stuck with me and what I want you to remember, we need to pray for them, not only when they're going into these situations, but the hardest part oftentimes is not when they're going into the situation, but when they're off duty and they're relaxed and they're trying to go to sleep. And in that moment, they're thinking about all they saw that day. They're thinking about the devastation and the tears and the death. And, and, and that's what makes them heroes. Not just that they go in, but they carry that weight. The, the one unspoken heroes that, that I wasn't aware of until the end of our first service this morning are teachers and principals. I, I heard that on Saturday morning at 2.30 in the morning, 
there was a principal that had gone into the neighborhood near his school and he was literally digging out the children of his school out of the houses where they were trapped. And there were teachers that began to show up and they were weeping. And they were weeping because some of those children that Bill had to go report on, they were their children that, that had died. They, they were more than just kids in their classes. They, they were their children that they love. And there's a large number of them that are still unaccounted for. And they're not sure how this is going to turn out. And their hearts are heavy and they're leaning in and, and they care. You know, our kids, the county schools are out for two days tomorrow. And that breaks a lot of our teachers' hearts because here's what a lot of them know. They, they want to be at school with their teacher who loves them. You know, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait for Christmas break. You know, there are a lot of children who dread Christmas break because it takes them away from the teacher that loves them in the school where they're cared for and fed. And so these folks have gone in and they've been, and they're the helpers. They're the ones who are stepping in. They're the ones who are saying, let's, let's go, let's, let's make a difference. And God's calling us to do that. We're in the midst of a crisis in our city, in our state, in our region. And there's a way Christians live in a crisis that is unique. And, and we have this way of life because of, of who Christ is. We get to be the body of Christ. And, and we're able to do this with an understanding of, of why we do what we do and, and who we are as we do it. We, we are able to pray and, and have faith in the power and the plan of God. And we're able to have hope in the one in whose name we serve. The Bible helps us tremendously. And I want us to look at a text today that I hope will help you in, in understanding God's will and God's way for us as Christians. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. If you don't mind, let's go to, to Jeremiah chapter 29. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to be in verse 7. And this is a text that was given uh, by God to a people who were in a crisis. And, and the word that we're going to read was contrary to the word of the religious professionals of the day. God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, called Jeremiah to write these words to those people and to make them a part of his Bible so that we would have them today so that the word of God could speak to us. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in Jeremiah chapter 29. This is, this is verse 7. Jeremiah 29 verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Friends, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. If you would be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. Again, uh, this was written to a people in crisis. This was, this was written to the, Jew, uh, the Judeans, the Jews. They were in Babylon, they were in exile, and they were looking for direction from God. And what the religious professionals of their day were telling to do was, was stay outside of the city, stay away from those people, stay away from the needs of the things that were going on, wait for God. God's going to come and take care of everything and get us out of here and, and we're going to we're gonna get to go home. And until that time, we can't worry about all those other people. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit inspired the prophet Jeremiah and said, no, that's the opposite of what you're to do. 
You're, you're, to, you're to engage in the city. You're to be a part of the solution. You're to go in and you are to be a blessing. This is what it means to be Christian. We're to do what Christ did. What do we celebrate in this season? We celebrate the fact that there was a crisis, a spiritual crisis of, e- of eternal ramifications. And rather than just put his hands up and say, oh, well, that's just the way it goes. God, God chose to enter into our crisis and he chose to make great sacrifices that would bring salvation and hope and life. And as his followers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to do the same. We're called to go into the crisis. We're called to go into it with eyes up and hearts open and serve the need to be willing to sacrifice and be a part of the solution. Now, now we're able to do that because we have a, a very important understanding. Look what it says in the first part of verse seven. First, there's the command, but seek the welfare of the city. But then notice, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. I want you to think about what that means when he says where I have sent you. That means that we're never victims. Christians are never victims of circumstance because we have a God who is sovereign in control. We can know that God has put us right where he wants us. God has sent us. Those people who are in exile, maybe they were wrongly thinking, oh, we're just victims of the, of the Babylonian conquered, uh, conquering empire. No, they weren't. They were moved by God. God put them right where he wanted them. And he said to them, and what are you? You're exiles. You're not home. You are where I put you for such a time as this. And so it is for us. Friends, we are not victims of a circumstance. We are a part of an eternal plan that's bigger than our lives. God has put us in this city, in this moment, in this time. And we need to understand who we are here. We are absolutely citizens of this city, citizens of this country. Absolutely, we're people who are a part of this community and who love this committee. But more than that, we are citizens of heaven. We belong to Jesus Christ, which means we're not home. We're exiles. We're here passing through. And while we're here, God has an assignment for us. God is telling us, engage in what's going on. Be a part of the solution. Be my representatives there. I know there are some who would say, well, we, we, we need to just look after us. We, need to, we just need to pray and take care of us. And, and there is a responsibility there. And I will be honest with you to tell you, my first thought when I woke up yesterday morning and saw the devastation was you. My first thought was my flock. And I immediately began to work through systems of our staff to our key leaders and key leaders, small group leaders, children's leaders to to begin to contact. I wanted every member of the congregation contacted and find out what the needs are, who can help and get help to our people today. Meanwhile, Pastor Bill was telling me of the other devastation that was going on. And we began to get calls from churches around the country. People saying, we see what's going on. What help do you need? And so again, understanding that there's more than us that's at stake here. We are here to care for each other, but then to reach out and care for the world. And a big way that we do that, and Pastor Bill mentioned this, and it's in our text. Look at this after he tells us what we're to do and and how we're to think about where we are and to think about who we are. Another, Another command 
Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Pray. As people of God, we're able to pray. And in praying, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I have faith that you have a plan for what's going on. When we're praying, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I trust you. I don't know what to do. I don't know how this is supposed to turn out, but I know you have a plan. And what we're, what we're doing when we're praying is that we're honoring God. We're trusting God. We're speaking to God and we're talking to him about the very thing that he has said in his word that he wants to do. Friends, never, never misunderstand and think that our prayer, our prayers are powerful. Our prayers are not powerful. Our God is powerful. And when we pray, we, we take hold of the heart of God and will of God. And God has chosen to release his power often through the prayers of his people. James chapter five, verse 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. The exiles in Jeremiah's day knew this story. They knew this truth. They knew this reality. They knew that, that, that their God had the power to stop the natural way of things. And that there was also a way in which through prayer, God could provide sustenance and strength and life in ways that they could never do on our own. And that's what we understand as Christians. We understand that we have a God who has power. And that power is at work through the prayers of his people. And when we pray, because of the name in which we pray, in the name of Jesus, we know there's power in that God, and therefore in our praying. And we know that God has a plan. We are praying God's word in God's name, in the name of Jesus, to accomplish his plan. Look, look down four verses to verse 11 in Jeremiah 29. Look what he says here in terms of his plan. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Think about what that means just fundamentally. That means that God was not surprised by this crisis. That means that God already knew what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. That means that God was already at work. And that's what we need to understand about this moment right now. God was not surprised early in the morning Saturday. God knew that this was coming. God had a plan for its coming. Now, now we look at this and we try to understand, well, why would God allow this? We have to remember, friends, this world is not as it should be. God's design was perfect harmony. Our sin, as those who were given responsibility to give care for this, this creation, we ruined it. And the reason why there's death and suffering and pain and, and all that, that causes the earth now to, to groan, as it says in Romans, it's because of our sin. But here's the goodness of God. He's not abandoned us in our sin. He's not abandoned us in our pain. He's not just said, oh, well, I'm done with these people. No, instead, God has chosen to be at work. And God has a plan for the work he's gonna do in our world. And a big part of that plan is our lives. Now, our lives are to be about his will. Now, what's God's general will? God's always doing two things. One, he's always bringing glory to himself. 
God allows all things and does all things and works all things to the praise of his great name so that we can know that he is God and we are not. So that our hearts will be turned toward God. And who knows, but that God is going to use this circumstance, maybe even right now, and that is my prayer, that even right now, as we have over 200 people serving in the city right now, that someone's having a conversation about the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And the Lord is opening someone's heart to be saved. Who knows, but this entire crisis is nothing more than an opportunity to to lead one soul to an eternal life. Friends, don't undervalue that reality of the power of the purpose of God, not only to bring glory to his name, but to bring salvation to sinners. And if that is God's general will, what we need to understand is that God has a specific will for each one of us in that general will. And that's what Pastor Bill was was challenging you to pray about, is how God wants to use you. How God wants to take this moment and you in it to bring about his plan, which is glory to his name and salvation to souls. And friends, I'm a little bit excited about what might happen. I'm a little bit excited about how God might be at work today. I'm a little bit excited about how God may be at work this week. Friends, I hadn't even woken up yet when there were already messages, which were really hard to get because our, our <laughs> internet was down and probably like you, we were trying to get information and it was, it was challenging, but already getting messages from folks up in Louisville and Georgia, uh, all the way down at Family Church down in, in West Palm Beach. And, and there were folks who were saying, what do you need? How can we help? And then even this morning, early this morning already, I was passing those on to Pastor Benny for churches and people that want to come here. And we're hoping to to be able to create in the recreation center a place where they can sleep and shower. means we're going to need to feed them. So you need to be on Facebook because we may need some of you guys to come and and to cook and and to to clean clothes and and to do some other things for guests who want to come and serve God. We don't know what this week's going to hold. We don't know what's going to happen, but what we do know for certain God is going to bring glory to his name. God intends to bring salvation and he intends to do it through us. And there are people who are coming to help. And one of the things that's such a joy that I hope that you feel in your heart, Pastor Bill and I feel it, and the staff feel it. We were praying about it this morning. The joy it is to be living hope. To be living hope. To be what, what God is doing in the world as his congregation at this time in this city. You know, it provides us the opportunity to be about, about a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. You know, because of the ties and the offerings of this congregation, we have this wonderful facility and we have a, a wonderful reputation as a congregation who cares for the city. There are people that we don't even know who were messaging me, who were saying, we, you, we know that you don't know us, but we know of you and we know of this congregation that you are a mission-minded church and we want to partner specifically with you. Friends, that is a joy and a responsibility that we have. Because of your faithfulness to give, because of your faithfulness to go, your faithfulness to serve, we have staff 
And we have staff who love you and, and that you serve with and you're leading and it's gonna require all of us and we have all of us. And what a joy and a privilege to be God's people in this place at this time, serving God's purpose. And that's how we need to be thinking about this, that we are going to serve God's purpose. And as we serve, now that's the last part I want you to see. As we do this, notice what happens. Look at the last, look at the last phrase here. Look at that beginning of that prepositional phrase for. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Let me say that in a, in a different way. For in being the blessing, you will be blessed. In blessing others, in, in meeting their needs, in the welfare of the city, in the blessing, you will be blessed. You will experience God's provision. There will be a transformation in your life. In its welfare, you will find your welfare. In its blessing, you will find your blessing. Here's what I know about anyone who prays, anyone who serves, anyone who goes out of their way. And, and ladies, I'm gonna tell you something. Let me talk to you for a minute. I, I know sometimes we get in these scenarios and it's like, well, I can't run a chainsaw and I sure can't carry a, a big heavy log. And so I don't think I can be of use on this one. Wrong. I'm gonna tell you something. When, when families look out and they see a bunch of men with chainsaws, they get nervous. But you know what comforts them? Is seeing a woman in their midst. Can I get an amen on this? Because men unsupervised with chainsaws is not good for anybody. We need mamas and women in the midst. And here's what honestly happens is as these guys are moving all this stuff Oftentimes they're looking for someone to talk to. And you know who they often want to talk to is a woman because you guys know how to use words. You don't just grunt, you smile, you speak, you, you explain things. And, and there's a comfort in that. Ladies, please go out into your neighborhoods, go to where we're serving today. Don't worry about if you can't pick up a 200 pound log or saw through a tree, go talk to people, go and just be present. You know, some, you know what's going to happen today? Tori happened is we're going to go to people and say, how can we help you? And you know what? Right now they're so overwhelmed and they're going to say, I don't know. And you know what the men are going to do? They're going to say, okay, we'll come back later if we can. And they're going to move on. You know what we need women there to do to understand it's more than just getting the task done. We need to listen. We need to talk. We need to pray. We need to be present. And what's going to happen as we go and as we serve and as we go and as we sacrifice and as we go and as we love people the way Jesus loved us, it's gonna impact our hearts because the reality of the matter is and the thing that Pastor Bill has been teary-eyed about for the last day or so is the fact that he said, you know, I, I know theologically what's going on in the world. He said, but I've experienced something in my heart I've been renewed in a reminder that heaven and hell are real. That every person has a soul and every life must give an account to God. And what we have the opportunity to do right now in this moment, as people are thinking about that, is talk about it. Friends, it's not enough. It's not enough to replace a roof or to replace some Christmas gifts. We need to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 
because those gifts are going to be forgotten. Those roofs are sooner or later going to wear out. But you know what won't is the grace of God. It lasts for all of eternity. And what we can do right now is we can share that gift and we can be that blessing. We can be what Paul said to be in 2 Corinthians 5.20. And I finished with this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That is our message. That is our goal, is to seek the reconciliation of sinners that they might become saints. And so that's what a part of what we want to pray for right now. As we get ready to go, and I pray that we get ready to go and serve in some capacity and to, to take advantage of this opportunity to be Christ in a crisis, is that we would ask God's blessing. So let's pray together and let's do that now. God, we, we want your blessing of being a blessing. We, we want to experience you in a fresh new way. And, and we want to acknowledge that you have us here right now in this moment, in this city, knowing what we know, able to do what we can do to bring glory to your name and the hope of salvation, the message of salvation to people who need it. Oh God, give us the courage and the conviction to do it. Oh God, open our eyes to the need and the opportunity. Oh God, bless us. Bless us, God. And hear us now as we pray. Right there where you are, I, I want to ask you to pray for three things. First of all, pray for your own soul. Some of you are not Christians here. Ask God to give you the faith to believe in Christ so that you can be saved. And commit right now to come and talk with one of the leaders who will be here at the front about how it is you can be saved. For those of you who are saved right now, pray for your own soul. That your, your heart would be tender towards the things of God. That you would care about the needs of the people in your neighborhood and in your city. That you'd be grateful I know some of you feel guilty because you think, why, why, why is my house still standing? Why, why, why aren't I devastated right now? Don't, don't waste your time being guilty about things that are not in your power. Instead, be grateful and ask God to give you a heart for the hurting and ask God to make you sensitive to their needs, not just physical, but spiritual needs to know Christ. And now let's pray. I want you to right now, think of one school in our city and pray for that school. If you can't think of one, pray for Jennings Creek. That's an area that we can't get into right now because there's a search and rescue for children. Pray for that school, but pray for all of our schools and those teachers, and those families. I want you to think of a person that you know that's hurting right now and scared. If you can't think of a person, then think of a house that you saw. Think of a street that you saw that was devastated. Those are, those are people who are scared and worried and anxious and confused. Right now, just pray for them. Pray for them. Now pray for your church. Pray that we will be the light in this darkness. Pray that we will be a part of the solution. Pray that we will be the helpers that they see coming help 
to give help. Pray for those who want to travel to our city to help us. Pray for those believers to come and and to be present and to be used of God. Pray for them. Pray for your church. God, we prayed earlier and we, we confessed in that prayer that we need you. Oh, we need you. Every hour we need you. We need you in this hour, oh God. We need you to be at work through us and in us. We need you to, to show up in a powerful way and reveal your plan for each of us individually and collectively as a congregation. God, we need you. Glorify your name. Bring salvation to this city. Renew our hearts and make us a people who are like Christ that enter into the, to the crisis and bring light and hope and love. God, you can do this. And we ask that you would do this. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name.